Sharp Trader Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For those of you who are new to the podcast, thanks for finding us. Joe D'Aluizio here coming to you live from the New York City studios. Give me a follow on Twitter at Joe double underscore D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. So last week, last week I decided since the Packers were on their bye week that I was also going to take a bye week so there was no podcast so for all those loyal listeners out there that were expecting a podcast I apologize that I did not deliver a bye week podcast but we're back this week we're back this week and we're back with a huge matchup and we have a busy show as always um but typically as you know by now typically Whenever we preview the opponent, we like to bring a guest on to talk about the, the opponent, to learn a little bit a bit more about the opponent. This was a tad bit difficult this week since the Packers are playing on the West Coast once again, this time against the San Francisco 49ers. It was a little tough to get a 49ers guy to join me in studio. Uh, obviously, the studio time is limited, Um And the time just didn't work with the time difference, West Coast, East Coast. You get the whole thing. So we won't be joined by a San Francisco 49ers guest. But that's the bad news. The good news is I'm going to be breaking it down, as I always do. And the better news is my picks of the week come back. All right? So no podcast last week. You didn't get picks of the week. So the picks of the week will return towards the latter end of the podcast, but again, we are back this week, and we're back with vengeance, and it's a huge matchup for the Packers this week, it's a huge matchup for the San Francisco 49ers, 8-2 Green Bay, head out to the West Coast to take on the 9-1 San Francisco 49ers, battle for first place in the NFC, first place on the line. The game originally scheduled for 4.25 p.m. Eastern Time was flexed just a couple weeks ago. Moved to the Sunday night special, 8.20 p.m. Eastern Eastern Time. I'm amped up for this one. You want to talk about an exciting matchup. You want to talk about a game that has tremendous implications. Here it is. And I think Aaron Rodgers said it best earlier in the week. Let's beat them there now. We're going to have to beat them, recognizing that the San Francisco 49ers are a great football team. We're going to eventually have to beat them. Let's beat them there this time. Let's secure that home field advantage so if they meet in the playoffs again, this time it's it's at Lambeau. In their own territory. So like we always do. When previewing the opponent. Let's start off with some dope facts. From of course Packers.com. Dope sheet. They do a wonderful job. As always. So fact number one. According to the Elias Sports Bureau. The last time the Packers entered a game. This late in the season. Through 10 games or later. Where both teams had a winning percentage of. 800 plus was back in 2007 when Green Bay and Dallas both entered their matchup with 10-1 records. And of course, that 07 team ended up going 11-5 and then being eliminated 
in a heartbreaker at home in the conference championship game against the New York Giants. And I'm sure you remember that game. Giants winning 23-20. to Game time temperature, negative one. Real feel with the windshield, minus 23. Tough to get that game out of your mind. The one thing I'll never forget from that game is the picture of Tom Coughlin and his cheeks being as red as a tomato. Ice cold. Unfortunate ending for what was a great regular season for the Green Bay Packers. Fact number two. Green Bay has won five of the last six at the 49ers, including its last trip back in 2015, which they ended up winning that game 17-3. to So even though there's been some, some solid success as of late, when Green Bay goes out to the Bay, whenever I think of the 49ers and the Packers and their matchup and the matchups that they've had over the last few years, 10-plus years, I think of Colin Kaepernick because it was it, it always seemed as if he torched the Packers' defense through the air, on the ground. Green Bay never had an answer for Colin Kaepernick. So I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable about this matchup knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't as elusive as once it was what they once had with Kaepernick. Because I still have nightmares over those matchups. Fact number three. Since 07, the Packers have won the game going into the bye and coming out of the bye five times. 07, 2010, 11, 12, 16. I know it feels like ages ago, but before the bye, Packers with a huge win at home, in the snow, the frozen tundra, over the Panthers, the goal line stand, gets them to the bye. Here we go with another tough matchup on the road, back on the road, back on the West Coast against the San Francisco 49ers. Now that I think about it, we've played a lot of West Coast teams here. 49ers, the Chargers. Yes, Denver and Oakland both came to Lambeau. Booking these guests have been tough. I'm not looking for any sympathy, but I'm just saying with the time difference, hasn't been the easiest. And I'm going to give you another fact that I didn't I didn't pull from the Packers dope sheet, but as always, thank you to uh, Packers.com because they do a great job every single week previewing matchups, giving us these facts. But another fact that I saw on Twitter, which I thought was pretty telling, Packers are the NFL's only team undefeated against teams currently with a winning record. They are 4-0 and right now against teams with winning records in the NFL. They beat the Vikings, they beat the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. There's a good chance there that two of those teams definitely playoff teams, th- possibly three. Can the Raiders continue to play as well as they've been and make it four? Who knows? But this is a good sign for the Green Bay Packers Not only are they taking care of the opponents that they should be, the inferior opponents, they're taking care of good opponents. But that final fact from the dope sheet, Packers have won 
the game going into the bye, coming out of the bye. Let's start there. Let's start there with this matchup because, to me, one of the most important things about this game, specifically on the Packers' side, is they come off the bye and they come into this game extremely healthy. They come into this game at the week 12 mark with nearly everyone ready to go. And if you look at the history, if you look at the Packers teams over the last few years, maybe even over the last decade, by the week 10 mark, the fact that they are this healthy is probably considered a miracle because this is never the case. And yeah, we've seen guys, and that's been kind of the story all year round. Yeah, we've seen guys miss, be banged up or miss a couple of weeks, but nothing catastrophic. And that's crucial because when you look at the other side, right, if you look at the San Francisco 49ers, Matt Breida, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders. These are four key offensive playmakers that have been battling through injury. These are four offensive key players that have been held out of action. Luckily for Green Bay, they're not hurting like that. And you could tell that Sam Fran is hurting without some of these key players. Especially guys like George, a guy like George Kittle, who's arguably one of the best tight ends in the league, no doubt about it. But just look at the 49ers in their last two games. They suffered their first loss of the season against the Seahawks. And yes, they beat the Arizona Cardinals by 10, but they needed 19 points in the fourth quarter to hold off the divisional rivals. To talk even more about how good George Kittle has been, Ben Fennell works for The Athletic, breaks down some tape for the Packers, was breaking down the opponent tape. Kittle is 19 of 20 on third down targets. Clearly, we know who Jimmy Garoppolo's safety blanket is. Clearly, we know who who Jimmy is looking to throw the ball to in important situations to continue drives. It's George Kittle. He is an absolute playmaker. Now we're recording, we'll peel back the layers, we're recording this podcast on Thursday night. And as of Thursday night, George Kittle returned to practice, non-contact, but return was running routes, catching balls on Thursday's practice. Great sign for the 49ers. Because they need Kittle back in this lineup for that extra spark. They need Kittle to provide that insurance for Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he plays, it's going to be a tough task for Green Bay's defense, covering a guy with that size, that speed, that catch radius. 
I still think it's going to be a challenge regardless for Green Bay's defense. Who has to worry about dynamic running backs who run the ball well, who catch out of the backfield. Breed is banged up. Tevin Coleman's been doing a great job. For goodness sakes, I think the 49ers have something like close to $35 million invested in their backfield. You look at Green Bay's, they got probably less than a million with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams there. So the fact that Green Bay comes into this game healthy is extremely, extremely important. A little bit more about the 49ers here, right? There is no denying that this defense is absolutely legit. Bosa has been one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the NFL. I would have zero problem with giving him rookie defensive player of the year as well as defensive player of the year. That is how dominant he is. He is a difference maker, and his presence is known immediately on the field. He does everything. The athleticism for a man that size is something else. They have, including Bosa, some legit monsters on that line that could get after the quarterback and do some serious damage. I mean, the 49ers right now are tied for first in the NFL with the Panthers with with the most sacks in the league, 39. 20 of those sacks, 20 of the 39 sacks this season have come on third or fourth down. They bring the heat during big moments. The secondary has also been just as good, only allowing about 145 yards per game through the air. So Green Bay's offense needs to be ready. There needs to be a clear game plan for this matchup. I think the offensive line has to show up. They need to be able to protect Rodgers. I think the smart play calling would be to get the ball out of Rodgers' hands quickly. I mean, we've seen this done against us. The longer the longer Rodgers holds on to the ball, the more likely it is that he's going to get knocked down. You don't want Rodgers getting knocked up in this game. When Oakland came to Lambeau earlier in the year, I thought Derek Carr played an excellent game, but I thought John Gruden put him in a situation to play that well. Because of the quick releases, getting the ball out of his hands in a timely fashion. I think Green Bay needs to do that. They also need to lean on the run game. And the 49ers are a middle-of-the-tier team against the run, but try to get Aaron Jones, try to get Jamal Williams going. We've seen it all season. When those two guys are going, when the run game is actively involved in the offensive game plan, everything else opens up and falls into place. 
But the key is protecting Rodgers and having him release that ball quickly. Let guys like Alan Lazard, like MVS, use their speed. Aaron Jones out of the backfield, catching balls. Let them use, let them run three, four, five-yard slants and use their speed. Get up the field. Offensive line making a push down the field. Now on the defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, I think it's the complete opposite. You get after Jimmy G. You need to get after Garoppolo. Especially if Garoppolo is missing guys come Sunday night. I have a strong feeling Kittle is going to end up playing. Unless he has some crazy setback later in the week. I think we could see Kittle on the field. But Breda, Matt Breda, Manuel Sanders, if he's missing guys, Green Bay needs to bring the pressure. Garoppolo has been prone to mistakes this year. He's thrown 10 interceptions, tied for fourth in the NFL. Only three other quarterbacks have thrown more. Winston, Rivers, Mayfield. All three of those quarterbacks with losing records. And if you look a little closer to those numbers, of the quarterbacks that have thrown double-digit interceptions, and there's a total of six of them, only two have records above 500. Jimmy G, Jared Goff. We've seen some setbacks from Jared Goff. But in terms of Jimmy G, when the pressure is on, he starts to crumble. Now, he's done a decent job bouncing back after throwing interceptions, but he's prone to those mistakes. So this is a huge game for the usual suspects, right? Huge game for Preston Smith. Huge game for Zadarius Smith. Can Green Bay's front get to Jimmy G? Because if he has all day to throw, no matter who's there, no matter what wide receivers are in play, running backs, he's going to find somebody. He will pick it apart. I think this is a huge game for a guy like Jari Alexander. I think this is a huge contest, a huge opportunity for a guy like Alexander. Specifically someone like Alexander, because here's a guy who's had a great season, no, I'll say a good season, but has dropped crucial interception opportunities. Plentiful of interception opportunities where he didn't secure that ball. Perfect time to get going. Perfect time to turn turn that narrative around. Get a crucial interception. Reverse some field position. Get some points. Hopefully it leads to some points. Prove yourself. Prove your dominance that you have. I think this is a great chance for Jari Alexander to do that. And at the end of the day, I, I really think that this is going to be a chess match. I really think it's going to be low scoring. I, I, I don't envision a lot of points. 
and both 40 the 49ers offense and obviously Green Bay's offense when they're both cl- when they're both clicking the teams have potential to score a lot of points but i just don't see this LaFleur versus Shanahan these are two guys that are very very familiar with each other very familiar with their coaching tendencies what they like to do what they don't like to do so I think this is going to be an interesting test for LaFleur. Does he does he think too far out of the box? Yeah, there's pressure on the Green Bay Packers to show up. There is, there is just as much pressure, obviously, on Matt LaFleur going up head-to-head against a Shanahan. Who makes the mistake first? Again, I like the fact that Green Bay is coming into this game off a bye and relatively healthy. But I think they come up short Sunday night. Even though the 49ers are banged up, even though the Packers are healthy, I think they don't show up and lose a close one on the road. Now, I could be completely wrong, and I hope I am wrong. We saw Green Bay lay an egg last time they went out to L.A. this season against the Chargers. I have a hard time believing that they that could happen twice in the same season. But I think this 49ers defense is going to give Green Bay's offense some trouble. I think Bosa is going to have a huge game and be breathing down Rodgers' neck. Now, with that being said, if Green Bay wins, will I be surprised? Absolutely not. But I'm expecting low scoring, And I wouldn't be shocked at all if the 49ers come up on top. I just think their defense is just a little bit better. And if Green Bay isn't getting after Jimmy Garoppolo, there will be some problems. They will have some issues on Sunday night. It'll be a great one. It'll be a great one. A lot of people think... The winner of this game could possibly, and I know it's so early, it's only week 12, but the winner of this game may end up representing the NFC in in the Super Bowl. But perfect timing for this matchup for Green Bay. Not ideal for San Francisco because of the injuries, but it'll be a good one. Get your popcorn ready. Make sure you have no plans. You don't want to miss this one. Now, Before I let you go, I told you, no guest. So the podcast probably a little shorter than than usual. But I got to give you my picks of the week. So the record right now is 17 and 13. So if you've been following me, you're in the green. You're happy. You're satisfied. You probably would be a little bit more satisfied if there were a few less losses and a couple more wins. But you're still in the green, so let's be happy about that. So since I took off week 11, obviously, no podcast, no picks, the picks are back. 
So this week, let's begin with the New York Giants, who returned to action similarly like the Green Bay Packers off the bye week. They're on the road against the Chicago Bears. And I'm taking the New York Giants plus six on the road. Why? I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I have no idea who's playing quarterback for Chicago. It could be Trubisky. It could be Chase Daniel. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter. Because whether it's Trubisky or whether it's Chase Daniel, this offense stinks. The offense stinks. And I'm confident enough that even though the Giants aren't the best team in the National Football League and are towards the bottom of the league, I will take them on the road because of how poor the Bears have been. And you got a lot of Bear pundits talking about running the table. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Pick number two for this week. I'm riding with the Atlanta Falcons, the Dirty Birds, because they're on fire. Somehow, someway, they they haven't turned their season around. No, and they won't be close to that. But something has changed in Atlanta. Give me the Falcons minus four and a half against the Bucks. Something clicked with this Falcons team once they came back from the bye. Because they're on a two-game win streak. And it's not like they beat the Redskins and the Jets or the Redskins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Both wins against divisional opponents. Both wins, one against the Saints, once one against the Carolina Panthers. The defense somehow figured out a way to give up only 12 points combined in those two victories. Meanwhile, the offense scored 29 and 26 points. That says a lot about that defense because you're going against two high-powered offense. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. A lot of playmakers between those two teams, and you're able to not give up a single touchdown. Actually, I think there was one touchdown. That's impressive, though. And the offense is clicking. If they could hold those offenses to that little amount, nine points, three points, they should hold the Buccaneers, and they should be able to score 20-plus points. So I think it's going to be a blowout. Not a big blowout, but are they going to win by a touchdown or more? Absolutely. Give me the Falcons minus four and a half. And my final pick of the week, hopefully the 3-0 pick, the money pick, Seahawks plus one and a half on the road against the Eagles. Now, I think out of all the picks, this one may bite me in the behind, but I want nothing to do with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Jordan Howard hurting. Alshon Jeffrey hurting. Both of their offensive tackles, even though they've returned to practice, they're both banged up. Will they be able to last through a game? But the big thing that I see here, and I know the Eagles are at home, but Russell Wilson has been playing like an MVP caliber quarterback. And Carson Wentz is nowhere near that. So despite being on the road, give me the guy who's been playing well and playing his tail off in Russell Wilson over Carson Wentz any day of the week. Give me the Seahawks plus one and a half. So my three picks, I'm going Giants plus six. I am going Falcons minus four and a half and Seahawks plus one and a half. And those are my picks of the week.
So that'll wrap up this episode of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, remember, a lot of different options for you to listen. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, just just search Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Give me a follow on Twitter. Let's talk about the Packers. Let's talk about the NFL. Let's talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. At Joe, double underscore, D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. And as always, Go Pack Go.